Episode 1, Connecting Student Retention to Parent Expectations and Misconceptions. Wouldn't it be nice that all your students that enroll in the fall would stay with you until the end of the academic year? Imagine how good it feel not having to be concerned about filling any spots that all of the sudden become available. Is there a way to ensure as much as possible that you will retain all your students for the duration of the school year? In this episode, we will talk about some strategies you can set in place to maintain and improve student retention. Hello, my name is Alicia Romero, and this is the Modern Piano Teaching Podcast. Actionable advice for emerging studio teachers to elevate their instruction and build a thriving practice. Recently, the parent of a student that enrolled about six weeks ago emailed me this. Lucy's not practicing. I think she's not interested anymore. What is your policy to stop taking lessons? Does it sound familiar? I bet it does. And I bet you are wondering if I was able to retain the student or if I just remind them the withdrawal policy and saw her go. Stick around until the end of the episode to find out. Now, let me ask you this. What can a high student retention level do for your studio? Let's think about 85 to 90% retention. Because every year there will be someone who graduates, or someone that moves away, or someone that has decided to try other things like sports or dance. We also need to consider the slight number of students that for one reason or another may need to withdraw in the middle of the school year. I believe student retention is key to grow your studio, to gain experience teaching intermediate and advanced levels, and to get word-of-mouth promotion. And even though it is hard for us to talk about the financial aspect, a high level of retention will help with budgeting and earning a consistent income. Therefore, it is important to find ways to reduce to a minimum the probability of students withdrawing in the middle of the school year. One way to achieve this is by maintaining engagement through activities that involve your studio as a whole. For example, you could organize a contest or to have a yearly event aligned with a specific season like Easter or Halloween. The second way has to do with leveling your parents' expectations, helping them to understand what it takes to develop a practicing habit, how the pace of learning of their children can change at different points during the year, and any other unrealistic expectations or myths about learning music they hold. Let's focus today on leveling parents' expectations. You can do this by developing a series of communications that you will deliver regularly throughout the year. Parents are busy, and sometimes they just drop off your student and either leave to later come back or wait for them in the car. Also, because you are having one student right after the other, you may not have enough time in between to chat with them for a little bit from time to time. 
So having this series of communications can be the way to get your message across. Plan your communications in advance, from frequency to topics to ways of delivery. One way to get started is by writing down first the expectations and myths you would like to address. Include, based on your experience, aspects that can help parents to understand what their children may be going through during a specific time of the year. For example, here in Calgary, our weather changes from fall season to winter sometime between mid-September, October, beginning of November. Our days become shorter, and we can have a very nice, pleasant, warm day, and the next day we have snow up to our knees. This can be tiring for children. The fact that there are less hours of sunlight makes them feel sleepy earlier. They are also getting halfway through their semester of school, so they are starting to feel some tiredness from it. Making your parents aware of how the change of season may impact their children's practice habits, as well as your recommendations, will help you to level your parents' expectations regarding practicing. Parents also may compare the practicing habits and progress of their children to their own. If they took lessons when they were a kid, or they may hold a belief of how practicing and progressing is supposed to be. This is another expectation and sometimes a myth that it is important to address. You can mention how teaching the instrument is different now from 20 years ago. You can also remind parents about your teaching philosophy and how it is reflected in the weekly practicing assignment. <laughs> oh yes, I am old-fashioned. So I still write down my students' assignments in their assignments notebook. What I think it is unique about the way I write the assignments in the notebook is the fact that I write step by step how the students are supposed to practice each piece. And I go over with them step by step. Then, in addition to the step by step instructions, I include the number of times they should perform each step. Think of it like when you are doing exercise and your trainer tells you to do two sets of eight repetitions each of sit-ups or four sets of four repetitions each. It is the same amount of work, but you are dividing it in a different way. By providing this information in detail about how the student is supposed to practice, it is very useful when parents want to help at home or can ask them if they are done by following all the steps. This way, practicing is not measured by time spent, but by the performance of a task. This is a win for everyone. You can also address how the location of their piano at home can play a role in practicing regularly. Is the piano in a busy part of the house and therefore only a specific times can their child practice? Or perhaps is the opposite. Is the piano in an area of the house their child doesn't go often on their own? These are just some suggestions to get you started. Now, once you have made a list of the expectations you would like to address, as well as other topics you want to include in your communications throughout the year, you need to choose the frequency of your communication 
as well as the way you will deliver this information to them. The frequency of sending your communication is in direct relation to the number of topics as well as your family's lifestyles and yours. There is no hard rule for this. At first, the frequency will be defined more by trial and error. Once you have set a schedule, stick to it, and the following year you will be able to tweak it based on the feedback and experience gained from this first time. If you are really looking for a specific frequency guideline, I would say that if you can do it every week or every other week, could be great. The more you stay present in the mind and hearts of your families, the higher the chances that they will stay passionate about learning music and stick with you for many years to come. Let's now talk about the last item, how you will be delivering information to your parents. In an ideal world, it would be through multiple channels, so you can ensure that they will, one way or another, have access to the information. These channels can be an email, printed newsletter, an audio clip, a short video, an infographic. It can be pretty much whatever your creativity tells you. Start small. Pick one channel and branch out to another channel the next year and to another channel the following year. This will allow you to see what is the preferred way or the most effective way your information gets across your parents. Now that we have covered all the elements that you need to set in place to level the expectations and clear up misconceptions parents may hold, it is time to roll up your sleeves and start working. And just before you start working on your communications, as promised, this is how I responded to the email I talked about at the beginning of the episode. I was able to retain my student. How did I do it? Well, I calmed down first. Then I replied, offering multiple reasons why this was probably happening based on what my intuition was telling me about why my student was not practicing. After that, I refreshed their minds about the withdrawal from lessons policy. Thank you for being here today. I will see you next week, same time, same place. Bye for now.